Welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndre, here with Bill Goldberg. Hello, sir. How are you? Good, buddy boy. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, see you standing in the studio. Got the microphone, got the headphones. It's coming Matt, together. There's a lot of shit that's been going on behind me, but nothing in here. I, I don't. I think I may just probably keep this as my office setup because I'm in my shorts and my shoes, and I really don't give a shit. I care about what's behind me, right? So... As long as it's functional, I, I may just stay this way. I, I, I don't. It's a good of- office setup. I saw you. You know, you got it. You got it coming together. You got stuff up on the walls, and it's looking pretty good. And the yeah, garage man. is looking good. Oh, I meant to ask you. Did did you end up pulling uh, the trigger with um, with a lev rack and putting it in the wash bay? I'm going to. Yes, a hundred percent. I I I pulled the trigger in that I called them. And I was supposed to call them back and make it happen. And Ryan, I apologize exponentially. I love your shit. Uh, but I had to make room and I had to make sure it was definitely feasible. I did measurements and all that kind of stuff. And you know, I don't want to, I wanna, I wanna advertise their product wholeheartedly. They're great people and great, it's a great product, but man, if it doesn't fit, I just can't put it in there. Yeah. So I I I came to a conclusion that I can make it work. I'm excited. I can't wait. Yeah. And they're making yeah. one wand at the barn too, which again, you know, like Ben pack, dude, I told you about the fans. Uh, they sent the big monster, big, big cooler FX 36s or whatever. They're seven feet tall. And then we put them in the barn and put, took a couple pictures of the animals. Cause all the alpacas and the, and the llamas like hang out in front of them during the day. Cause it's 190 degrees here. And, yeah. uh, and Ben Pack freaking they flipped out. They're they're like, we never thought about that, right? So yeah. they but super smart idea. The animals uh, are it, it's a lifesaver it, for them. A hundred percent. I mean, it's brilliant. And they're sitting here stationary, a couple of them in the garage. And so why not try to make them work, right? And then they send me a cool boss little cooler and just like everything right and left, man. I, I cannot tell you what an unbelievable freaking sponsor they are. And then in the same vein, Levrack, you know, wants to shove as much things as here in here as possible. And um, I'm 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 running out of room, man. I need to build a bigger garage. But you know, for for Wanda, Levrack in the barn's not a bad idea. That's a terrific idea, and it's a great and and they're already that's already uh, you know part of their sales is you know barns and, and equestrian. Yeah. Um, but. Ben Pack, man. I mean, I hopefully I opened up a new avenue for him. But right. So when you put the the big cooler out there, you can use it as a fan, or you can hook up the water line, and so you can fill the tank or just hook up a hose. Do you They're even, both hooked up the hoses at the barn? Yeah, because I was thinking you must have water out there, like hoses brought out to that area, because oh, yeah. they gotta drink water and stuff all the time anyway. And I just you're not it, just it, hauling buckets over there. No, no, it's made a huge difference, man. I mean, I, I can't tell you. Yeah, I saw one of his posts about it a while ago, and I was like, that was a super smart idea. Really? Uh, um, Not just to get another fan, but I mean, you know, <laughs> animals just love it. And they're they're great uh, 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 models, right? I mean, yeah. it's not. 
<laughs> right. We've they're out it. there. They're out there. <laughs> they're out there posing. <laughs> the the animals are posing. And they announced to them. Yeah, they're uh, yeah, oh. they they're gonna show up in advertising. Um, I I kept talking. I kept talking to, to Tammy about it here, thinking about putting two, you know, two of the big ass fans or something, or the Ben Pack coolers. They're out. They're done. They're uh, they're in uh production. I think they're almost ready for sale now uh the fans from they're, oh they're they're fans yeah they're giant roof fans because i they're, they're just like the big ass fans same size dimension they have yeah. another, uh, uh i think a smaller size at the same time but they do it they're monsters and so yes two yeah i gotta get i gotta get two not the biggest ones i gotta get two up in this area and we it should be talk. enough to do it and you know like i've got it on the other side of the cars which you've seen i've got the gym area like we built the gym as well you know we've got a i don't know maybe a thousand square foot gym that that tammy and i just come in here and use just to stay alive <laughs> that's perfect Pop uh, there i'm gonna put two upstairs in the in the gym and then yeah two big monsters down here so uh yeah so it was a super good I idea and where i work on the cars i so i even had um i had some friends come over and had uh, uh our friends from volvo came by and we talked about what's the future of volvo and their evs and they came by for a tour of uh of of some of my cars as well and yeah where we where we look at some of the cars and where i work on it it's like i definitely need to get some fans and stuff going on in there in the shop we just don't and you know, and we can't make a huge investment on on the place that I rent potentially, you know, short term, right? So it's not like we're putting AC in or my neighbors own an air conditioning company, so they actually put AC in, but they own a company, they can do it. And I just cool need to get boss, some big cool fans. Boss here. Is another option. Yeah. Right? One of those fans, I'm telling you, the thing throws so much air. One of those would cool that place. It, it, yeah. It's absolutely amazing the job that they do i mean yeah yeah it's a pretty they're, they're giant they're obtrusive right but they're yeah. on they're on casters so you can move them anywhere you want and it's actually an interesting point putting something like that in but i don't have a hose hookup here so i'd have to like you don't need it i mean fill the tank or use it as as a fan well yeah when you fill the tank they say it's like five to seven hours right yeah. of continuous use yeah that's you actually fine fill it every day right yeah. i mean yeah so I yeah, I, both are options. Definitely. Uh, ben Pack's the way to go. Rock anyway, on. that's uh, uh, garage stuff. Or just shoot the shit about garage stuff, obviously. This, um, is, this is car cast, right? This is car cast. It's garage cast. Now it's garage cast. <laughs> it's a little bit of everything. Um, of course, the big news in the past like week or so is Toyota Land Cruiser coming back. Uh, but coming back at a a, a smaller more affordable retro looking uh vehicle um it, it, it's cool i like it find so, anything wrong with what you just said you don't is that what you're saying no smaller uh retro looking yeah and more affordable right <laughs> so those are great uh, because you know at the end of the day the land cruiser the 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 fj40 was it the, yeah so it, yeah, the land cruiser cool. And that crept up in price. Like I think we're we were at like eighty thousand dollars base price for that for that thing. So the, that's the new the Land Cruiser, 80, that's the eighty, the big station wagon looking. Yeah. 
uh, suburban looking thing, the big monster. Yeah, with the V8 in it, and and that you know that's where that's where the Land Cruiser grew to be. But now the reboot, this is four point four inches narrower, one point two inches shorter overall, but. Which means it's a little more Jeep, a little more Bronco, a little more nimble off-road. And, you know, it, it starts at about 50000 bucks. And at first I was like, I don't know, it doesn't seem like Bronco and Jeep start at 50000 uh, So it seemed high. But if you look at Bronco and Jeep lineup, like Bronco is like 36000 to 80 something thousand by the time you get into Bronco Raptor. So, and, you know, and they got some pretty nice trims that are 50, 60,000 bucks. So I, I think this does sort of compete in that, in that group. Um, I think so. I mean, what, I, it, it sounds like it's right at the same price point, pretty much. Uh, if you guys haven't seen it yet, go online, look at the pictures of it. It's got a cool, retro style to it it's a little bit it's, edgier it's good looking man i mean yeah. you know I, hey i'm a huge fan i had two of the fj40s uh yeah. i think i uh, fj60 i can't remember what that was there was they had like station wagon they, they were all different kind of iterations of it right mm -hmm. uh, but i mean i think this is good looking man so you can get it with like the rectangle led headlights in the front but the first edition trim uh has which i think they call the the 1958 uh has the round headlights and i kind of like it with the round headlights and i don't know if you're going to have that as an option but it's certainly going to be a retrofit for the guys that don't you know if you don't get the trim with the rectangle headlights and i'm sure people are going to go oh, i want the 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 round headlights i'm sure there's going to be some sort of swap available for it uh to make that happen this basically looks to me to be a, a, a along the same lines as what defender did yeah, kind of what Defender is doing. And it's got kind of a, you can see some Range Rover look to it as well. You know, some Defender look to it. So um, the, the V8 is gone. And now, uh, for now, the only engine option is the iForce Max hybrid uh, drivetrain that we talked about when we were driving the, the Sequoia the other day. Although this one is the 2.4 liter turbocharged four-cylinder with a 48 horsepower electric motor. It's an eight-speed automatic transmission, um, which is from the Toyota Tacoma. It is 326 horsepower and 465 pound-feet of torque. Uh, so not as much as the V8, but in an overall smaller package. Um, towing uh, is still, uh, you know, towing comes in at 6,000 pounds. Um, now, the Land Cruiser V8 was 8,100 pounds, but we're still at 6,000 pounds. And it has a battery pack, of course. It's a 1.87 kilowatt nickel metal hydride battery, not a lithium battery, which is a little interesting. I think that's maybe a, a cost issue than, than anything else, but I'm guessing it's going to add a little bit of weight. I believe the lithium would be quite a bit um, lighter. Uh we don't know what the overall fuel economy numbers are going to be yet. They haven't released that. So once we get closer to our release date, we'll, uh, we'll get to that. Now, uh, every Land Cruiser comes with a uh, standard four-wheel drive, uh, all-time four-wheel drive. 
It has center lock differentials, electronically controlled transfer case, both high and low range. Um, uh, it's so it's going to have every bit of the off-road capability that I think you would expect it to have. It has optional rock rails and it has a full battery, you know, skid plates on the on the battery, and it's got front and rear tow hooks. Come standard on it, and uh, and various trim options with interior from a basic cloth and a smaller display to uh, to you know nice leather trim and a big twelve point three inch display. They all come with wireless. CarPlay, wireless, Android Auto, all of the stuff that you expect with it, and all of the safety features and auto high beams and lane keep assist and all that stuff. But I don't know. I like it. I think you you look at uh, the popularity of, of, I mean, Jeep has been for a long time, but it was sort of the dominant player. And then Bronco came in and that became very popular and uh, I think Ford did a pretty good job of supporting it and supporting it in the aftermarket and the off the Bronco off rodeo events. And uh, certainly the aftermarket has stepped into Bronco as well. Just look at SEMA last year. Imagine this year. But having another player bringing back a Land Cruiser. Great for everybody, especially um, the Land Cruiser enthusiasts that are going to, you know, jump out of their seats just like the Bronco guys did when when the Bronco was reiterated. Yeah, you know, I I think I think one of the differences you're going to see between the Land Cruiser and the Bronco is the Land Cruiser you can get in a nice upgraded trim. If you want leather interior and and a little bit different look, a little bit more luxury SUV, a little less utilitarian, I I think Land Cruiser is going to provide that for you. Not okay. that there's anything wrong with with Bronco or Jeep interior, but I just feel like this is going to feel more. Well, and on the other side of it, Bronco and Jeep uh, have the ability to go the opposite direction further than Land Cruiser can go. Like yes. they get the more minimal vehicle, you know, all day long. So right. I mean, it, and there's it, advantage to that too. You're, and you're right. To your point, the minimal version of Bronco and Jeep feels like more of an off-road, easy to clean a vehicle whereas oh, yeah. the minimal version uh looking at the photos the minimal version of the land cruiser feels like a rental car <laughs> you know um anyway so pricing should be in the fifty thousand dollar range i don't know if it's gonna be mid 50s or whatever but uh i guess as we get closer to the the actual release date we'll we'll see of that um I believe they are scheduled for spring of 24 and the first couple of months will be limited to just the 5,000 units of the first edition model. Uh, so if you like that and you want to jump on that bag, I mean, you probably should get your order in pretty soon. No, oh, hold on. I'll be right back. <laughs> yeah. You can do it over the phone these days. <laughs> yeah, um, you see a bunch of the 170s popping up at Brampton? Uh, it was online. I, I didn't I didn't see it yet, but I keep seeing the stuff that you were teasing and you got the 170 out at your property and it looks good. Thank you. I forget it. I'm not doing it for me. It, it's <laughs> these other ones. I've seen probably different four or five different iterations of them. Yeah. But just sitting amongst other cars that have been, you know, rolled off the production line. Uh, I saw I think I saw three or four of them. Uh, hideous, sassy grass green. and. Uh, <laughs> So deliveries are happening, right? It's, they're probably going to... I'm not sure if deliveries are happening. Like I said, I got 
updates on mine. I don't, I don't have an update as far as the delivery date, but um, I'm sure they're probably right around the corner. Did they tell you if it was in production yet or did they give you a production date? Production date. Production date. Yeah. And then I, I think like, I think when I did my Mach one, it was roughly two months after production date. They um, vary. It vary it, be, between what? Uh, Detroit and California. Keeping it. Yeah. And, and receiving it at the dealer. Yeah. Because they're, and, and I tracked it and I talked to Ford and they were like, here's a production date. It'll be built in a week. And I, they confirmed that. And then it gets loaded onto a train and then the train goes from point A to point B and then it switches trains and then it goes on a truck and then and it, it gets lost. And then you uh, got to figure out the new train. And yeah, I've been there and I've done that. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, not a fan of that process by any means, but you know, tracking santa claus coming on norad it's kind of it was kind of like that yeah because there are some glitches in the process where they're like well it's switching trains which means we have no idea where it is (laughs) yeah Yeah. red eye yeah um all right so evie's fisker i like henrik fisker i like talking to the guy he's but this new one's ugly is that where you're going well I guess that's what that's my impression. The first <laughs> ugly thing I've ever seen from him. Try like, truthfully. I hate to get right to it. And okay. I love these guys, but I hope I hope that's what you were gonna say. Cause if not, I really stepped on your foot. Oh no, no. So which which vehicle specifically? Because all right, well, we'll go through the vehicle. So the Fisker Ocean is his small SUV, not small, it's like whatever, mid-size SUV with uh, you know, 360 mile range or something like that. I saw it at Monterey a year ago, a prototype. Um, now they're being built. Deliveries are going to start to happen. Um, I think a lot of them are like first edition ones that are like, I don't know, 60 or 70 or 80,000 bucks. But he just did a big press conference and debuted sort of the roadmap of where Fisker's heading. Now, yeah, it's a little optimistic because he hasn't really delivered the first cars yet, although they are in production. And he outsources the production of the Fisker Ocean to, I believe it's Magna, who does the Mercedes G-Wagon overseas. And his his thought is Fisker is going to be sort of a design and engineering company, and he's going to outsource the production of his cars to different factories around the world, depending on what market you're selling into and who is able to build them. So that being said, he debuted a few new vehicles. Um, So I'll I'll chime in and say all of them. Okay. So the Fisker (laughs) pair uh, is now the small SUV, which is meant to be uh, a, a low cost, small SUV that you can jam a bunch of people into um, I don't know. It's just kind of a, a, a fancy, you know, um, egg. No, what was I thinking of the, uh, like the, the Fiat, you know, the Fiat 500, but then it ballooned up and it kind of became like a four seater Fiat. And, you know, like, it's kind of like a version of that. So the Fisker pair is meant to be cost effective. So he's doing some things here going like, you know, the, the armrests on the front doors, which are normally different than the rear are now the same. So he can basically pop like one piece and make it all the same. So he's trying to make things very, very 
affordable because he's trying to make this an EV SUV at about 30,000 bucks. Um, so it's it's going to be tough to do because we've seen so many EVs like go up in price, go down in price and manufacturing costs and contracts change and supplier issues change. So it's still a little tough. I think I think if he would have said this a few years ago and then it didn't happen, people would be pissed. But now the ups and downs of prices have happened so many times with so many different car manufacturers. Like people are like, it's just going to be what it by time we actually order it and buy it, that'll figure out what, what the price is. So anyway, he's looking at the pair as uh, a mid-2025 vehicle. He's hoping for about 30000 bucks before any sort of incentives or discounts, which who knows what those are going to be. Um, the next vehicle is the Fisker Alaska. This is the pickup truck. This is the four-door ev pickup truck it's not f-150 size it's not i don't know i think it's kind of competes with rivian what was the honda the ridgeline the honda ridgeline the smaller ridgeline yeah kind of competes with ridgeline um uh, i forgot the name of hyundai has a little four-door pickup truck but this one is an all ev version and he did some kind of interesting things you know the tailgate folds down and then the mid gate behind the seats uh, of the second row seats, those go down. So you can actually could lay down some, you know, I don't know, seven foot long, seven and a half foot long, basically. So it's got a four and a half foot bed that when you lower the mid gate and the tailgate, you get, when you lower the mid gate, you get seven and a half feet. And if you put the tailgate down, you get 9.6 feet of total length from the edge of the tailgate to basically up to the front to the back of the front seat. So interesting. It's kind of creative. Uh, uh, interesting look to it. Yes, definitely has more of that unibody type of shape to it like the Ridgeline does and a little less of of the truck shape to it. Um, they're looking at the end of 25 uh, as a release date. Um the range on the Alaska, depending on the battery, is going to be somewhere between 230 and 340 miles. Anything over 300 is optimistic, by the way, because we don't necessarily have the battery technology unless you can do it with lightweight, good aerodynamics and a large battery. Right. Um, and he's saying base price about 45,000 bucks. 45,400 is what he's hoping for. Um, but again, these aren't coming out in spring of 24. He's looking at the end of 25. So these are uh, quite a ways out. Um, and then the Fisker Ocean, which he's delivering now, he debuted a version called the Fisker Ocean Force E, the Force E package for the ocean, which is going to be available soon in Q1 of 24 because it's basically just an off-road package to the Fisker Ocean, which he's already making. Um, you know, it's got the roof rack of the roof basket. It's got some new front and rear bumpers and tow hooks and some skid plates underneath. And it's got 33-inch tires on 20-inch wheels. It's got some additional hand grabs and tie downs and rubber floor mats. And it's actually kind of a cool, tougher version of what the Fisker Ocean is. Um, that thing's kind of badass. Like, 
personally, I, I could do without the roof rack stuff, but the way he dressed it up with the wheels and the offset stripe and the big E force branding on it, look, you know, force E branding on it. That's looks definitely a cool. One of the bunch. Kind of cool. Um, and then we get into Ronin. This is where Fisker has a lineup of sub hundred thousand dollar vehicles and he wants to come out with a supercar. I think he's kind of reminiscing on how the Fisker Karma EV never really worked. And that was sort of meant to be a very cool kind of hybrid EV four door, you know, low, wide four door, you know, four seater, uh, kind of, kind of super sedan ish. Um, like he was showing us. Don't understate it, man. That car was awesome. That car was awesome. But but before we had, you know, Porsche Taycan and, and like like yeah. we had Fisker Karma and design wise and and the suspension and everything, like all of that was cool as shit. It's just his partner at the time doing the EV drivetrain just never happened and it, it 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 didn't work. So now he's sort of, you know, hopefully kind of figured out the flaw in that system. So he's got the Fisker Ronin, which is a four-door hardtop convertible supercar. And it's going to have butterfly doors. I'm assuming the front's kind of open forward and the rear's open backward. And the top is a folding carbon fiber hardtop. Uh, I'm assuming with some kind of luxury trim with sound deadening and, you know, nice headliner leather or whatever but um he's saying it will be powered by three motors a thousand horsepower zero to 60 in two seconds and and if you can believe all of that then he said 600 mile range i was like nope <laughs> i just don't see it happening like i don't know where we are i don't know what you think is happening but, uh, you know, solid state batteries and, and all kinds of like whatever technology you, th you think is going to be by the end of 2025, 600 mile range is going to be a little optimistic uh, and not inexpensive. It's a headline grabber. It's three hundred eighty five thousand dollars. Exactly. Um, and you can start putting down deposits and you can reserve it. But start helping us build. I when he said 600 mile range, that's when I was like, eh. That's when the conversation changes. It just seemed um, less likely. And, you know, God bless him if he can do it. But there's a lot of other car companies that are looking at that same issue going, we can't do it yet. I think if he changed the front end onto that thing, it, it would change it exponentially. But it's. Uh, so the Fisker Ronin is is what you were, yes, referring. What you were Eluding. hemming and hawing about. <laughs> well, I mean, I just loved the Karma so much. Yeah, to see this with the front end, like I, I don't know, it's weird. It's uh, <clears throat> I'm just a little disappointed, but I know you have to make sacrifices, and. I just would have wished that they could have carried over a little bit more of what that car was aesthetically. So the rear doors are almost like they're the size of like half door. And I, I agree with you on this. I would have liked him to go 
I think he's just trying to achieve too many things. Supercar, four-door, convertible. I'm like, I would have be I would have been completely down with a super sedan four-door hard top with a real slick looking rear glass window instead of like the chopped off version that he's got on there. But there um, may you know, there are reasons for that stuff that we don't know about, right? Or are they were they just choices? I think his idea of convertible hardtop is his choice right now. So he lives in Orange County, lives in like, I don't know, Newport Beach. And the Fisker Ocean has what he's called called California mode, where there's one button and it rolls down all the windows and opens the sunroof and it's wind blowing in your. I think he's on this this breezy, beautiful weather, California weather bandwagon. So this idea of of convertible hardtop four door is is it kind of fits that theme of what he's thinking. But I think this car would have been cool as shit with a really sleek looking rear window, a little bit larger um, rear doors and made a fucking cool four door hybrid, you know, four door super sedan, you know, EV. I think it would have been easier. <laughs> I think it would have been. And and then, and then I guess, you know, you're competing with Taycan and, Audi GT and Lucid, uh, but I don't know why not. And so, you still put your Fisker design in it, and, and and you know some of his characteristics. I just don't know that it needed to be convertible hardtop. I think this would have been a sick ass, you know, four door sedan with more proper rear doors. I think, I think having it as a convertible hardtop. Is fucking up the rear of of the car. Yeah, it's it it it's, looks homog homogenized. Looks like a couple different cars were thrown together. It, it it does. It does look like a couple different cars. There's something about the back window glass with the with the eyebrow going over it that is just like, isn't this the the little mini cooper the one that looks like it's wearing that baseball cap on backwards um <laughs> you know it's what i'm talking about like it's got a little bit of that going on like it's wearing its baseball cap on yeah. backwards that's kind of what i i'm seeing with this car um not what i would have would have expected no and i i i know fisker could have done something a little bit better with this but listen i mean we're just going by some images that we see online maybe we get to see this car in person at some point at i don't know at pebble beach or something like that and and maybe when you get up on it you're like i was wrong it's fucking awesome but there's a few things that i'm seeing in the pictures where uh, i'm not sure the specs are awesome listen thousand horsepower that quick zero to 60 it's just badass well, I mean, it's like the Lucid. I, I hemmed and hawed about that for a year and a half before I went to Barrett-Jackson and saw one, and I thought it was one of the most hideous things I'd ever seen. <laughs> I did. I mean, it, it was plain Jane one. There were no upgrades. I mean, it was just a base model, but it wasn't what I expected, right? So, I mean, yeah. who's to say this isn't the opposite of that? So, I, I'm starting to see the Lucid roll around on the streets out here, and I – when I see it in person, my thoughts are the same. When I saw it in pictures, I was like, all I can see is the RoboCop, you know, with the helmet down, with the with the light bar for the eyes. All I see is RoboCop with the Lucid. And I, I like the idea of what Lucid is trying to do. And I hope they pull it off. Now, definitely. 
it, listen, Lucid just posted their second quarter earnings and um, uh, it's definitely nothing to, to brag about. Uh, look, they had 150 million in revenue, almost 151 million dollars in revenue, which is strong. Um, they sold 1,404 vehicles. Um, you know, but there's a lot of cost, a lot of R and D, a lot of ramp up. So you know, they lost 764 million dollars on 151 million dollars of revenue. And how many of those vehicles were sold to Barrett to auction? Because they're the vehicle of choice to take all the VIPs around. Yeah, right. Uh, I bet the hotels up in uh, Vegas are all swooping them up. Um, they, they're they're kind of having a, an issue with finding buyers, whether it's price point or some quality issues. You know, they they hope to sell almost twenty two hundred cars. They sold about fourteen hundred cars. Um, they're they're working on lowering the price. Uh, you know, because it's kind of expensive, but they need to work on the quality issues as well. Now. Lucid, if you remember, is founded by a former Tesla engineer, their their chief engineer. So there's there's a little bit of Tesla influence there, whether it be behind the scenes or 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 you know a little more forward facing. But um, you know, and Rivian is the other one that potentially uh, could survive. Um, Lucid potentially could. Rivian potentially could excuse me um you know rivian was like footprint uh, you know they're like well you got to get on the list and you got to wait a year and that wasn't really because of demand that's supply chain issues right um demand is a different thing so once they started building vehicles um rivian still has inventory lucid has inventory uh, this the the stats that are in front of me. Rivian has delivered ninety percent of the vehicles that it's built. Pretty pretty good number, but they've got some inventory. Lucid has delivered about sixty four percent of the vehicles that they built. Much worse number, right? Especially for a startup company. Um, now, to be fair, I don't know. There was a headline saying Rivian loses five hundred thousand dollars per vehicle because somebody did the math and said. They have 151 million in revenue. They lost 764 million dollars, so they're losing 500 thousand dollars per vehicle. Yes, but all of the startup costs aren't per <laughs> the vehicle that they sold, right? Like the ramping up a, a manufacturing plant and technology and staff and business and and you know there's a lot going on there. So the upfront costs are way different than than the 500 thousand dollar per vehicle loss. I, I don't think that's a fair number is what i'm saying uh, uh because that's amateurized over far more vehicles than what they've delivered so far but anyway i think the next year i agree with what's being said online over the next 12 to 18 months is sort of the make or break uh uh you know time for these companies like rivian and 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 lucid and and several others but uh, those companies are well-funded and sort of at the forefront. Um, I, I can't say if next year is going to be make or break for Fisker because Fisker hasn't delivered a car yet. <laughs> you know, there are a lot of unknowns there. Yeah. Um, anyway, before we wrap up, the last thing I wanted to touch on is we know that Porsche Macan is going to be the EV in the lineup is for their SUV. Uh, 
I like the Porsche Macan. I, I think this last version of it, this most recent version, it's got a weird looking front end. And I don't know, it's just got like a big mouth on it and a lot of black plastic. And it's kind of missing the mark for me. And now we're seeing pictures of the Macan all in black, but without camouflage, without the bras and all that stuff, hiding the design of it. Um, and there's some things going on with sensors and stuff in the front end. But I, 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 I think this is an interesting vehicle because this is the right size luxury performance electric SUV that I think is going to be the difference, you know, for EV sales, this is going to be way more popular than Taycan, right? And and this is the car that people are going to lean on versus like a Fisker Ocean. I think the Fisker Ocean is kind of cool, but someone's going to go, do I want Porsche or do I want Fisker, right? <laughs> and, and I think... Eh, well yeah, and if you're and if you can get into both of those vehicles at a fairly similar price, you know, 80-ish, I think you're gonna go Porsche. Now, Porsche historically has like you could get into a Macan for 80 grand, and if you click through our option list, you'll only be at $127,000 once you get floor and mats and seconds. Yeah. yeah, it's like if you want floor mats and paint, <laughs> you know, you know, like you could add those things. Uh, yeah, right. You want tires? That's extra. <laughs> you know, you want a sound system? It's nine thousand dollars. <laughs> um, uh, you know, and then of course the the you know the quarterly reports come out and they're like, Porsche 911s are some of the most profitable cars out there, thirty percent margins. It's like, yeah, because that options list is doubles the price of the car. <laughs> well, no question. You know, where like Fisker Ocean, I think has like two options. Like you pick a color and a wheel size, and 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 that's it. Like you're just, missing the boat on aftermarket. You kind of are. Um, anyway, I I I'm actually interested in Porsche Macan. I think that's an interesting vehicle. And if it, you know, listen, if it comes in at 230 mile range, then it's really nothing to brag about. But if it comes in at 280 mile range, and it's under 100 grand. I I would I would look at that for trading in my my lightning at some point. I mean, I like the truck, but I don't need a big truck. Yeah, it's in you the know? competition for sure. Yeah, I mean, size, um, price point, and and uh, range for sure. Uh, hey, listen, I I I think uh, I was just out to dinner with uh, Adam Carolla, and he was just like, "Yeah, I'm I'm gonna try EV," and he's like, "I'm gonna lease a vehicle." He's like, "I went to Audi, I went to Genesis, I looked at a few vehicles, and." And uh, I'm not sure that he's made a, a decision yet. Um, I know he likes the Volvo three row SUV, the larger one, but that's not out until uh, a year or so for now. So I, I honestly, he, you know, I drove the the Genesis and uh, and I drove the Audi Q8 e-tron, not the little one, the Q4. I drove the Q8. You like the Genesis from what yeah, I Yeah, and I, I personally like the Genesis a little bit more, um, but I, I picked up Adam. We went out to dinner and we drove it around a little bit and, and he was leaning a little more toward the, the Audi. So he might end up in the Audi, which is great because I'd like to get his thoughts on on not just having the Audi, although he's a fan of Audi and I, I know why he's leaning toward it, but also he's a, another EV newbie. So I kind of want to like get in his head and go, 
how are you plugging it in? Did you plug did you put the charger at your at your house or the office and are you plugging it in and, and what's your thought on it? And are you gonna try to drive it, you know, to to Monterey or to Vegas? And like what are you gonna try to do? And he's probably gonna not try to do it, but we'll see. You never know. He's he likes to drive places more than he likes to fly places. So you, it's not totally out of the question. We're going to Monterey Car Week next week. And he kept trying to get me to drive my truck. He's like, your truck's really nice. We all fit in it. There's so much space. Like, you know, like it's an F-150. So your shoulder room and everything, like, you you know, it's, it's got a lot of space. And I go, I don't want to drive it. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to have to deal with trying to find a charging station. There's so much traffic on the way there and back. And we have to stop. And, and it's like, I'm not confident enough for that hassle. Let's just go have a good time. You have to do an impromptu signing every time I have to stop and sit for two, three, four, five hours. To uh, fucking right. Day. You would. So this is what I hit him with. I go, I got something better for you. I called my friends at Toyota. I got us the Toyota Sienna minivan. We're going to minivan it up there. And and I I love this idea. First of all, uh, we got Sonny. We got Sean with us. We're all going to load up in the minivan and we're going to we're going to cruise up there. And he's like, Bruce Kennepa is going to be so impressed. <laughs> I was like, I'm sure he is. But we roll up to Pebble Beach in the Sienna minivan. But mm-hmm. uh, I'm totally down with, with giving it a try. I remember uh, a few years ago, um, I did this, uh, like charity stock car race and, uh, and my friend, Mark Paul Gossler rolls up in his minivan and then he gets out, you know, black, like it's like, it's cool. He got out and I imagine like this slow motion scene, hit him getting out, clicking the button and the door slides open and his kids jump out and literally like a TV commercial, like, like three soccer balls come bouncing out of the side door and start rolling away. And he's like, Hey, what's up? And I was like, cool minivan bro he's like what are you talking about this thing's awesome size <laughs> matters dude i mean yeah. trick him out pretty damn good I, no, I don't think he has it anymore i think he stepped up to like an escalate or something but uh but he was he was rolling in the minivan back then man he was he was loving it um all right anyway uh next week uh we'll be back um and uh as soon as we're done recording we're gonna hit the road and go to monterey car week so um i believe we're gonna grab a couple of interviews from car week we were trying to like honestly we were trying to just go and have a good time and not really do a lot of work but um but i got uh an invitation to sit down with jim farley from ford for a few minutes so i'd like to record that and i got an invitation to sit down with mr gordon murray Oh, wow. And record that and tell him what a huge fan I am. And uh, I absolutely will. Now we, we sat down with him last year and I guess, uh, uh, I don't know. He was interested enough to invite us back. Now I said, I said, Hey, we spoke with you last year. How about we sit down with you and Dario Franchini together? And they were like, I don't know if we're going to do that because we don't want to mix Dario with this and he's driving. And then I got another email going, I think Dario would really like to do that. So we're going to see if we're going to be able to coordinate that because he's going to be up there. So Gordon Murray is going to be up there with the T50 and the T33, but I think they're debuting the T33 Spider. And Mm Dario is going to be there driving some of the cars. Um, And I don't know if you remember this, but so... At Laguna Seca, Sunday they do some racing, but it usually kind of dies down because people go to Pebble Beach. And so what they've done is on Sunday, to make the track more exciting, they do a hill climb event now 
like Goodwood, they bring a bunch of crazy cars, prototypes, and they run Laguna Seca backwards. So it's a hill climb and it's cool as shit. That's awesome. And we saw them do like a, some of that at the Velocity Invitational. So you've got all the vintage cars there, but now you're getting Gordon Murray automotive T50s. You're getting the Zingers. You're getting a Gunther Works Porsche 911s. And they're all getting on Laguna Seca and doing the hill climb like one at a time, like time trial event, just like Goodwood Festival of Speed. And they're they're basically doing their own little Goodwood and they're getting the coolest cars at the track now, which is to see them and hear them, uh, uh, you know, is is actually pretty cool. So if you can't make it to Pebble Beach and you want to do something fun at the track, I always recommend just like buy the weekend pass, buy the, you know, the 50 or $100 Saturday, Sunday pass. Go on Saturday, see the coolest vintage cars out there racing from the, you know, from the wooden wheel cars all the way up to the Porsche 935s and Trans Am cars. And now go back on Sunday and catch some of that, you know, backwards hill climb event. And you'll see some of the craziest prototype supercars, vintage supercars. McLaren F1 could be running up there because I think McLaren did that before. Um, Yeah, some cool stuff. So anyway, looking forward to, to doing that. Um, that I, I'm jealous. Yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be cool to see. So, anyway, uh, yeah, we're gonna wrap it up. Until next time, uh, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Carcast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarcastShow.com, and don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. Carcast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit carcastshow.com.